And we are live, live on YouTube from MMA UK. And I'm here with Paul Reid. Paul, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And we'll come on to what we're about to talk about in a minute. But I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Becky. <laughs> Becky, so lovely to see you again. It's lovely to be here. Really good. Now, I'm so excited for us to do this interview today because mainly because I'm completely nosy about what Ian and Mattia have been up to. <laughs> no pressure, <laughs> then. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Becky, you were the one that arranged it. You and Paul have had discussions about this before. Why don't you start us off? Okay, yeah. Well, um, obviously, I've known Paul for a long time. Um, I've I've worked for him on the Cage Warriors Academy show he used to run. Um, and he was actually one of the first promoters that actually believed in me as a cut woman. So I have him to thank for that. Um, so I've known him for a long time. And we have this discussion um, about his new role and uh, the association <clears throat> and uh, um, we thought it was a really good idea to get the information out there to everybody um, about the association, the roles. Um, so we thought we'd start by finding out what your background is, Paul, from um, from all through the MMA career. <laughs> okay, well... Um... Obviously, being in my 50s now, I could go back a long way. But, I mean, I've been in martial arts nearly all my life. From the age of six, really, was on the judo mat um, because my dad was um, pushed me into that because they had the club there, actually, where he worked. Um, I then was amateur boxer, kickboxer. Um, started very early with the original uh, martial arts of jiu-jitsu before they kind of transformed into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But um, my uh, corporate career took off quite early in my 20s, very unexpectedly, if I'm honest, um, from a working-class lad with no education, really. That um, I've ended up being a quite senior in the corporate and own my own business now for the largest Mercedes-Benz, one of the largest Mercedes-Benz dealers in the country. And my, my path in life kind of took me differently where that consumed me, but all the time trying to keep my hand in and to... Um, martial arts generally and competing because I was always competitive yeah I always enjoyed that but I kind of felt in the early days of being a fan of mixed martial arts and even still going into the gym that my corporate career kind of reflected on me in a way that it was terrible what people used to think about mixed martial arts early on right it was and we still have some of the stigma but I kept involved in the gyms, but going into work as a, as a new senior manager with Black Eyes and uh, beating up wasn't a good thing to be because you've got to remember, right, this is a Mercedes-Benz brand that I've been with for a long time and you can't probably get a bigger uh, brand than that. But, but look, it took me through to, in my 30s, um, mid-30s to late 30s, I was kind of, I was seriously ill and had um, kind of a long time out and um, had some serious health issues and over 11 years ago, I thought I needed something to get back and focus on. And bear in mind, I was 42 then. Um, so I did the do, and I thought, I'm going to go on a training camp over to Shinobi in Portugal, which is run by Colin Byrne, who's one of my greatest friends. And I can still call him a mentor, even though he's younger than me. But uh, he was running the camp four hours a day training with some great martial artists. He's part of McGregor Fast now. He's one of the the co-owners of McGregor Fast, and he works in Connor's camp. And I just turned up with a group of guys, being out of sport for a long time, being unhealthy, not in a good place, and uh, got beat up before I was day. Um, we had a little bout at the end of that, and it kind of brought a passion back, and I met a lot of quality people. Realised I could still do this, you know, I wasn't too bad enough, you know, kind of did okay. Never missed a year going back until the pandemic, if I'm honest, and doing camps there and training and going over with, you know, went over into the camp with Tom Blackledge and took guys over. But every year I've been over to do something and train with them and train with the lads over there. And then just got back into my jiu-jitsu because uh, I've travelled the country, my corporate career, lived everywhere, trained in every gym and just got back into the sports. But bear in mind, it's passed me by from a competitive point of view now because I'm in my 40s. 
and I'm realistic. Um, but then from being involved in the sport and passionate the sport and being in the gyms with the guys who are competing, um, started to spot maybe being aware of nutrition and I've always kind of studied and been involved in the sport from that angle is that how badly people are doing things. Yeah. yeah. Both both from a nutrition standpoint and weight cutting, but also about the amount of overtraining going on where they believe they're just going to beat themselves up every day. Wars in the gym. Um, running themselves into the ground. Say this said, it doesn't matter. No, rest wasn't allowed, was it? Took me into a show and had my own promotion, Shinobi launched. Um, mainly on the basis I wanted to try and give amateurs a better footing really a better show to compete on that we could finally say there was some kind of pathway from amateur to professional yeah because was there ever anything in place you know with substance that could say there is a pathway of somebody could grow uh, from amateur to professional because a lot of them sports all shows with you know maybe no medical cover or maybe not fighting other people from good reputable gyms and you know, was it developing people? I didn't think so. Also, there was a safety aspect. So, Shinobi was launched with some great people, which was, you know, a fabulous brand, to be fair. I'm super proud of Shinobi still, um, named after Alan Byrne and the Shinobi Academy in Portugal. And that grew to a point that it was well-respected as a regional show, I think most people would say. You know, everybody who come on yeah. the show would say it's one of the best, you know, shows from a matchmaking perspective, from a safety, mm. from a promotion point of view. Um, no, because it was a passion. I guess it's different to some of the shows that I do respect they've got to make money. It wasn't a money-making um, project, maybe. I didn't want to lose a lot of money doing it. But in time, I realised that it being a Shinobi champion even then, that could give you opportunities. Where actually do you go? So, quick chat with Graham. Um, the the me kind of thoughts that you know that Jack and Richard have done brilliant jobs with as well, and we kind of went from Shinobi and that kind of just changed into the academy, didn't it? And Cagewell's academy in Liverpool was enormous for us because you know we had people coming from Ireland. It was a big show for, for the Irish guys. They loved it, really, because the Irish love Liverpool anyway, right? But um, but we had a lot of the Mjolnir lads that were um, the Iceland guys, Gunnar Nelson over with his guys a lot because they had a link with uh, John at SBG. But then we had everybody all over the country fighting. We had Scottish champs. We had all kinds. And it, it kind of then, if you look at the people from our show, you can see now people fighting for world championships within cage warriors or becoming really good pros. So I guess that's it from being a passionate, you know, being passionate about the sport, being in the gyms with the guys. As you know, I, I kind of coach a number of the guys you've had on, Katie, from an S&C point of view. Um, but also what I realised again was after seeing all of the weight cuts gone on through our shows, so being there every time at a weigh-in, some of the horrendous things I was seeing. Right? Now, maybe I picked up on that because I was passionate about that side of the sport anyway and had a basic understanding of nutrition and certainly done a lot of research going back to when Reed Real was publishing things really through the UFCPI and stuff about weight cutting, that there was some bad stuff going So I kind of started... We actually developed a product that we could give people at the weigh-ins because I could understand that we're just drinking clean water, didn't understand about glycogen replenishment or electrolytes, you know, and this kind of stuff. But the other things was how many kids, young kids turned up with no coaches or, you know, mm. just to basically stop eating. And um, it, We had people take the hospital quite a lot over that time, over them seven years, you know, that unfortunately... You know, something happened after the way and they didn't make it to the fight. So that's where the kind of all begins, really, because we then put um, a, a medic in for weigh-ins and we were the first show to do that. So we were already a regional show you in UFC standard paramedics and medical cover. Um, but then we used Chris Lamb to come to the weigh-ins and what we did was, um, I think we were the only show doing it at the time, but what we tried to do was identify... Um, Who's looked like they've got a plan? Or who we've had to send to a sauna and they've spent two hours there? 
when they come back, they'd have to sit with the medic so we could do the basic checks of blood pressure, heart rate, etc. But then I would sit and talk to them about what protocol they have in place about their rehydration, mainly, yeah. And all I do is kind of keep from gym to gym to fight a, a basically a tick, which is green, amber, or red. And the reds are trying to give some feedback to say, guys, you need to consider what you're doing on cutting. And it started to make people change maybe their mindset a little bit that maybe they need to take a bit more care. Yeah. So through all that, I'm trying to add all the value around safety and you know, and I guess as you become a bit older, right, you kind of you're looking at these young people coming through, um, and you, I guess you feel a bit, you know, you feel care for them, you feel a duty of care, it's your promotion, but. I've been a coach all my life because I have an enormous team, whether that's in work in my corporate job or coaching people that come through the gym or general public. And, you know, you kind of take care of what's happening. There's nothing more scary than a bad weight cut. Yeah. Concussion starts being dehydrated. We've seen deaths, haven't we, unfortunately, in the sport through bad weight cutting. Yeah. So when I stopped promoting, because I kind of realised I couldn't do it anymore, the stress of it was killing me, right? I was definitely getting too old. Um, we're having a large corporate business as well uh, and all the other things because I'm constantly in study. I'm always trying to do uh, qualification because I'm not an academic. I can't go to university because I've got a corporate business and a very large one. Um, I started to consider how else I could add value to the sport, really. And, um, and then that took me along you know, an opportunity to join Emma, I guess, and, you know, to cut the long, very long story short. <laughs> and then kind of here we are today. But, you know, we've been held back through COVID and all the challenges that brings. But when when I kind of joined that board and I realised the quality of the people on that board, mm. you know, our president, Mark Goddard, you know, super passionate, obviously also involved uh, with IMAF as well. Nick Pete, fight disciples, you know, well-known, passionate about the sport. Um, great media links everywhere as well for us, of course, as well. But adds some real value. Paul Sutherland, well-respected coach, next yeah. competitor. Um, Leon Roberts, again, top-level yes. official. Yeah. yeah, great guy. Doing lots of good work in the community as well and bringing MMA yeah. to the community. Dan Hardy. You know, probably one of the best pundits there is in the in the game. Yeah. You know, his breakdowns of quality, as, as well as being one of my favourite fighters. Yeah. Uh, Martin Shotbold, ex-high level judo. Um, mm. You know, and big friends with Enzyme from Ima. Uh, Marie kind of pulls everything together for us, obviously. Yeah. And Manny to Mark, who, who's uh, coaches as well for the squad. And we've got Molly involved uh, as well. Um, and then we kind of have specialists in legal and stuff like that. I mean, what a team, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were, we, we were going to actually ask for a breakdown of each person and their role, but we wanted to find out your role first and yeah. uh, what your what your role is. Well, but look, my, to start with, I wanted to try and bring a bit of corporate feel to it. So, look, Emma is done on a voluntary basis, right? We give our own time up. Um, yeah, we have no funding. We have, you know, it, it's tough to develop anything really. So, I, I, first and foremost, I wanted to attract some sponsors. My business, Right Gorders, has has sponsored a lot of things before in the sport generally, and it's, um, we've sponsored something now. I brought uh, Fuchs Lubricant to a worldwide uh, company, Silkaline. It's a sponsor of like Formula One and stuff. I've got them edged into it now. Um, yeah. And more and more, I want to try and bring a corporate feel to it. But corporate sponsors get behind. Maybe the growth, you've got to imagine that Emma's focusing on bringing young amateurs through, isn't it, to make the pros of tomorrow yeah. and do things in a safe way. So, But you can't do that without funding. And actually, to get Sport England recognition, we've got to have a bank account and show that we're stable from a financial point of view, yeah? Yeah. So uh, initially, I wanted to do that. Um, but like starting with anything, it's kind of getting a feel for things about what's the best way we deliver things, not in a tick box kind of way, about tangibly. Yeah, yeah because there is unbelievable research going on in mixed martial arts now, higher level than most sports, yeah, where some real you know, top-level sports scientists are adding value to it. My, my job, as I feel, is 
to take that information and deliver that um, at grassroots level to say, that's fine, that information. How do we get the amateur, the young cadet? But actually, you know, even some of the pros I work with, how do they get to understand that to make themselves better, perform better, be healthier, be safer? And actually then be able to share that amongst their peers and the gyms and that kind of stuff. So we get a, a different ethos and feel to the sport because the most dangerous thing in any sport, but it doesn't matter any business, is just keep using the words, I've always done it this way, because that's not going to last. Yeah. It's bad enough what people think of MMA. And, and look, you're both passionate about the sport. It's a hard job to convince people it's credible at times, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it kind of led further into... Uh, Listen, what is I, you know, I'm not even comfortable doing these kind of things. I like being a background person, right? But, you know, wherever the role is, performance, I feel like I'm a facilitator of somebody that understands the sport, of being in the gym, somebody that understands the sport from improving people from an SNC point of view, somebody that understands the weight cutting process and having a track record for the last six years of putting people on scales healthy, yeah? And mainly yeah. the people I work with are people that miss weight, and now they've taught them how to do it. But also, uh, I guess I've got great relationships with some top-level people. And in Vortex, uh, my combat sports band, which is behind me there, um, my partner is uh, Dr. Carl Evans, who is, has a PhD in combat sport weight cutting, is high-level uh, academic, academic sports science um, exercise um, physiology researcher, you name it. You know, this guy's high level, and also an ex um, a youth Olympic competitor in Taekwondo. I reached out to him because I understood he was one of the lead guys in the sport, and he probably is now, and within the in the world right now because he's done a lot of research and is contributing to a lot of papers as well. But he's my business partner, so what a great business partner to have. Yeah, um, yeah, within Vortex. But then outside of that, I wanted to build a board of people that one have a passion, right? Because you've got to you've got to want to do this. You have to give your time up. Yeah. Right? So the board then joined Emmy Campbell joined us, who's an SE and R registered dietitian, who is the lead nutritionist for youth sport nutrition. If you ever follow them, but they've got a brilliant uh, website and they do very specific supplements for youth sport. Um, and actually, I think Carl was one of her tutors, actually, in university. So she's joined us. We put Callum James on, who is master's degree in sports medicine and sports therapy, uh, has, um, is an expert also on return to sport from concussion and the strategies around that. So then we, you know, we're branching out between now we have nutrition, we have uh, something additional expertise. Now we've got the sports medicine and therapy side of things as well. And he's been brilliant for me because a lot of the guys um, who come to me have got problems. I send to Callum, and every time he's putting them back in, ready to compete. You know, um, Ollie Richardson. I don't know if you know Ollie, but he's um, he's a big part of Full Reptile with Dan high-level strength and conditioning coach for us, you know, um, in professional rugby. Um, obviously, a big of the Hardy Wallhead gym as well. So he's on board, super passionate about the sport. Um, Martin Schottbolt, obviously, um, high-level judo, uh, but he has, he looks at cognitive behaviour and visualisation and things like that. Good in youth sport, if I'm honest. And then we, we also brought a guy in who's a specialist in breath work. Now, I don't know if you look at some of the breathing techniques today, but it's becoming more evident now. People's strategies, yeah. especially yeah. around anxiety and things like that, kind of links in. Yeah. Um, but the, one of the most interesting people that I've got to join the board with is a guy called Ben Holmes, who's a clinical psychologist. And he worked with a um, Paralympic team. But I feel um, he can add so much value because what we're trying to bolt in is exercise and nutrition you know competition after competition health and then you've got psychology a mentality visualization you know competition preparation it's an unbelievable team however the names 
and the academic background and profile are nothing if they don't have a passion and they want to share what yeah, they've got. Yeah. Um, and we've had a first meet um, and we're ready to start launching some um, literature really into the gyms because we have over 50 affiliated gyms now where we're going to start giving them basic educational tools. So add so a bit of value. So at the kind of like base level, Emma's trying to help the the safety and health of all amateur athletes in a kind of holistic way. In a way that's in a way that you've kind of taken the sports science and the evidence, but you put it into transferable narrative really for people to understand. You know, yeah. because and I'm talking about basics of this is how to calculate your calories to maintain and optimize your body weight during camp, yeah, off season, this yeah. kind of stuff. To try and teach them about the dangers of stop thinking you you, can, you don't have to eat carbohydrate because it makes you fat and you know all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You, you you want to teach them basics, but I think Katie, if I'm honest, Emma needs to develop a I don't know whether it's a sense of integrity around. We want to add value to the community of people involved in mixed martial arts. So whilst you've got the young, I mean, they're not all competitors. Some of them just train where they're going to be competing or not. We still want to add value to that side. But you've yeah. got to consider parents in that as well, haven't you? Mm, yeah. Young people don't prepare their own food, parents do. And we also want to yeah. reach out to parents yeah. about you know the way they interact. So everything from the grassroots low age level all the way through to the guys that are going to be promising amateurs competing for gold medals in the senior team that are going to be great pros because everybody will admit to you like a lot of the great pros will need a lot of education mm. i could say that we're kind of doing ourselves out of a job if we educate them that well they won't need people like me and carl and you know the rest of them but ultimately that's what we're trying to do katie it's kind of it we're not here to tell anybody how to do things or what they should do. We want to be some something that kind of just adds value on top. We complement already what the great job the coaches are doing. Yeah, because however you look at the sport, we've got bad weight cutting practices going on every day. Mm, we've all seen yeah. it. Yeah. 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 We've got overtraining going on every day. We haven't been able to maybe touch journey between starting of amateur to pro you know be able to link that in and how you kind of coach somebody through that we haven't had the resources of people to deal with psychology and you know sports therapy and sports medicine and of course all of the anti-doping thing that is big on IMAF's agenda as well we haven't been able to educate in that so it, it's not we don't want to sit there kind of you know trying to be all idealistic about stuff you just want to try and add some value and say we need people on board. We need people on the journey with a, the same kind of attitude to say, let's, for me, I want to go past boxing. Boxing is a regulated sport, recognised by Sports England, recognised by the And whilst I do work with boxers, I want mixed martial arts to get out of this lot of being seen as some kind of you know, you hear all the things, human cockfighting. And it, yeah, instead of it being some of these amateurs train harder and better than some high level professionals in other sports, brilliantly disciplined, disciplined, yeah, live the life of it. But and yet, still walk around carrying the stigma that perhaps they're not, you know, athletes or they are. So I guess it's that mindset of we want MMA athletes to think of themselves as athletes first and fighters second almost and start living that life because it's dangerous enough right yeah um yeah. And, and we were just trying to add value because we do want to get recognized by sports england which i'll touch on later because we did have a meeting with them which is good oh, timing good. yeah <laughs> um, but that's kind of it in a nutshell really it's kind of to reach out to say how do we make the sport safer how can we add value to it how can we stop you know how can we get it more mainstream or you know instead of you know, you go through what Bellator went through when they were putting something on iPlayer and then you've got House of the Parliament raising issues about, oh, my God, we can't have MMA on TV. Yeah. yeah. That's so the end if goal. You, if you were to describe Emma in a nutshell, um, how, how would you describe it? Would it be a, a large umbrella um, 
of regulated uh, association that uh, association uh, well obviously there's an association with IMAF as well yes. so would that would that be included in 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 everything as well yeah of course well the association with IMAF is incredibly important because it's international with what 100 countries kind of involved in that isn't it so, yeah, yeah and we've got to share common values and some of them some of the countries are doing unbelievable work but actually are getting recognized you know, within their mm. own countries. Yeah. What, what Emma is, is, is an association that's trying to pull together good standards everybody adheres to, but everybody's yeah. got a voice within as well, yeah? They're all on the yeah. same journey to improve <clears throat> things, improve safety, improve performance, and ultimately then improve, you know, the resulting competition and, you know, helping people get to the pinnacle of the sport, which would be UFC. Mm. Um, but if we can also along the way stop some of these bad weight cuts and concussion issues and all the other things, then you know that's it as well. So it's a, it's just a team of people trying to do the right things in the sport because we're passionate about it. And we also, if the more people you get doing the same thing, we'll, we'll have a voice, and we need a voice here yeah, to show that we're serious about it really. And, and yeah, it, we're not going out telling clubs what to do. We need clubs to kind of get involved with us. We need ideas. You know, that's the kind of thing as well. <coughs> So can I just ask, um, with it being an English association, um, how, how, how would it work um, again, uh, with a Welsh association or Scottish or Irish? How would it work in that way? Would, well, it's would, got would, so... would there be any more associations in, 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 other, in other ways or is this the main well... association? That's, to be fair, I, I can't really answer that. You'd have to speak to the people who maybe are trying to do it. But I think, you know, bearing in mind, I've come into this quite late from when it was originally, do you remember, it's UK uh, MMAF, I think it yeah. started that. And it, yeah. it kind of didn't take off, whether that was the right people involved or just maybe, you know, having the right ethos, whatever it is, I, I don't know. But I think everybody wanted to do a little bit of their own thing. So there's more the feeling about doing it like the, the rugby field, the home counties and kind of get things going because yeah. the bigger you are, the harder it is to find that consistency. Yeah. 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 So for now, it's kind of the English path. But of course, you know, we do link in. If you look at some of the Irish stuff doing and Danny Cause doing and people like that, then yeah. you know, we lead off the likes of Danny because he's brilliant at what he does. Yeah, you know, yeah. everybody should want to join on that, but hopefully, yeah, we do it as the U as a UK, you know, and, yeah. and Northern Ireland, etc. Because we all want the same things. So I don't think anybody's going to argue about improving safety for uh, yeah. a young competitor or stopping bad weight cuts or you know making sure that competition and you know the people who are walking in are qualified to fight. Almost when I say qualified. They're coming from a professional coach that's matching them properly and put them in there. And uh, emotions have the right medical cover that you know if somebody does take a bad KO or has an issue that they'll be dealt with. And who who's going to push back on that? I, I just can't believe anybody pushed back. So there's commonalities, surely, because I talk to a lot of people and I've known a lot of people for a long time back, and I've made a lot of friends in the sport. I don't think I've made any enemies. No, you yeah, haven't made any. And, and, and generally, all of them great people like yourselves all want the best for the sport, which is mm. make it safer, mm. get performance better. You know, let, let's get into the mainstream. Let's keep away from this bad rep that sometimes they can have. Mm. And sometimes we don't do ourselves um, any good with some of the stuff that goes on, you know, that drops out to the press and stuff. We've got to try and manage yeah. that. You can never get away from it, right? But you just want a group of people. It doesn't matter where they come from for me, really. English MMA is on its journey, and we know we've got a long journey to go. But yeah, the people I know in Welsh, you know, sport, like Richard, for example, and Scotland and Ireland, they're all on the same, all on the same course. Oh yeah. And hopefully, when you kind of get there, you can amalgamate that, and you know, you've got somewhere with the sport, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you said you've had the first meeting now. What What's the next steps for Emma? Um, well, to be, it's to continue the journey, really, which we've got to keep looking for some funding for sponsors, first and foremost. We keep the journey towards Sport England, which we've had a meeting with today. And um, myself, Mark, and Denzine from um, 
IMAF had a meeting and I have to say I wasn't sure what to expect but it's really good in that I thought it was like going to push us back and say there's oh, some of the dodgy MMA guys want to get you know want to get some um, um, and it, it, it didn't happen they welcomed us with open arms to be honest it was good mm. bearing in mind because <clears throat> we're going to have a meeting in person now so that's not a bad start they didn't say not interested what they actually said yeah. we're here to help you and the door opened slightly which you know speaking to Mark who's He's been on this journey for a long time. So you look at the things he took with Safe MMA and his work with IMAF and yeah. his work with all the all of the courses he runs for the officials and everything else he stands for. Yeah. I know he felt very buoyant about today because it felt like the way we talked about the sport, the passion of the sport, where we've been with the sport, what we're trying to do with the sport, the the education. And by the way, I haven't managed, I haven't mentioned that we're also a CPD approved supplier now. So we will be going out actually giving courses out in the areas of nutrition, um, psychology, concussion, all CPD for courses as well, which is massive for us, yeah. So we're adding more yeah. value. But when, when we told the story of everything, um, of what we're trying to do, they loved it. Um, because maybe we're just a bit further ahead than other sports. Yeah. 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 So how, how far down the line of that journey with them do you think we are? <laughs> Let's, well, I might have a couple of years left at me now at 53, so I hope I do it before then. But look, Katie, make no bones about it. Like it's, it, it, it's actually not. We've got to make sure we don't mix up the journey to be regulated. Yeah. With the long term, you could be regulated. It doesn't mean your journey ever stops to try and improve yeah. the sport. Yeah. But true. boxing's regulated. I'm sure they could do things a lot better than they still want to. Yeah. It's like there was a big pushback on gradings and, and coaching qualifications and even the Olympics. Mm. You know, my thoughts on the Olympics. Yeah, I was going to mention the Olympics. Kid. Yeah, well, that's, that's a goal. That's a journey. Mm. For me, it's not about the Olympics. It's about if we get there, we'd have done a lot of things along the way that we added value. Yeah. And yeah. as far as people thinking you don't want to go to the Olympics, I'd say go and find the 12, 13, 14, 15 year old kid that's been training for a long time and loves this sport and tell him he doesn't want to go to the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel he would. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think the journey, the journey's going to be difficult. And I think, you know, Emma getting going was halted badly through the pandemic. Yeah. So we've only, you know, we've, with over 50 clubs affiliated, bear in mind, gyms have only just opened. Mm. Uh, we're starting to get meetings now. We're going to be going out doing seminars now. We're going to be going out doing CPD courses now. A lot of the stuff will launch in June. We're going to start making sure we talk to the members and the gyms and the high-level coaches and you know, and even people that don't believe what we're doing is right and maybe have a pushback. We've got to engage with them. As well. We've got to understand it both sides. I think yeah, that's where I see as a bit of a role as a facilitator, really. Um, I don't want to dictate anything. I just want to add value. The performance board is world-class, make no bones about it. The people on that board working with me are like really super passionate about improving all the standards in the sport. Mm. Uh, and they are world-class. I don't care if you talk about football, basketball, rugby, boxing. They don't have a performance board as good as that. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of further ahead. And I think if we can make that difference into the gyms where people start thinking about everything differently, yeah, from the real basics, but into all year round health, you know, teaching kids how to eat has more benefits than just in the gym. It's outside the yeah. gym and community and, and the yeah. impacts that has on health in the community as well. Uh, and I'm so passionate about that, you know. Um, yeah. But still the old school stories of people changing their lives by going into boxing gyms and mixed martial arts gyms and you, you want to add value. So, you know, I haven't got an end. I haven't got an end game I can give you that from a date point of view, Katie. I'd like to, but I've got a feeling there'll be some tough times across the way because this is a sport full of great people, full of a few strange people, full of opinions, um, you know, full of passion. You know, it's like you've been around it long enough. It'll take a, a lot of work and you won't get everybody on board. No, how do gyms get involved if, the, if they're interested? You've got 50 yeah. onboarded so far. 
Yeah, so uh, through the MSI and all the socials, they were invited just basically by sending an email to say I'm interested, and then we email them the information, and that's the starting point. What they have to go through then is about just the standards within the gym. Yeah, so they have to just tick some boxes and talk about what they have going on in the gym, the structure of the coaches, obviously all the things about um, the checks that go on that you've got to do for teaching children and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of basics to start with. Yeah. But, but you've got to have a structure because you've got to think about it. If parents are looking at Emma to say, right, my kid's interested in going to a mixed martial arts gym. I need to select the gym where I'm going to take him in. Either. There's one. And then you go in there and then you go straight in, starts getting punched in the head and thrown all over the floor. And that's not very good for them. So there's got to be, we've got to understand coaching practices, how things happen. And we've got to kind of set a benchmark really. Um, because once you become an affiliated gym, it's something we want to share and be proud of that parents will search for to say these are the best gyms and safest gyms to take you know, my children to because that's the reality. Yeah. yeah. And what about um, standards in promotions? Are you relying on gyms to check out the promotions and make sure that they've got the right no. safety and, and, and was, all um, the rest of it going on? So we, interestingly, part of Sport England application is we have to regulate shows, as in we have to be in control of what. So look, it's like if you go to an amateur boxing show, you know exactly how it's going to look. You know what they're going to be wearing. You know the best to wear, the size of the gloves to wear. You know everything's done properly. You know the way uh, everybody's got to have. I've had a medical check. It's it shouldn't be any different really, but. We're entering into a minefield now because there's been some real socials going on about shows and fighters and kind of stuff. I've been, not outspoken, but I've been passionate about this because that's the whole reason I set Shinobio. I've been passionate about it because of the work we did in Cage Warriors Academy, yeah, and, and actually being a regional show that used safe MMA. But I feel that there's no credibility if we go into gyms teaching them not teaching them, and, and that's wrong, working with them to improve standards and safety. And, but then we don't influence the show that that, you know, that uh, student has been used to in the gym and goes to a show with no standards of safety because we kind of failed at the other end then, haven't we? They're still at risk. Yeah. yeah. The, the genuine risk, black and white, is somebody takes a serious head trauma and we've got St. John's Ambulance with a weekend's work, worth of experience trying to deal with a head trauma with no ambulance and paramedics and any ability to get to a hospital quick. Yeah. So that, that's fact, yeah? yeah. So we, we need to talk about that um, and making sure that shows have a standard within the medical cover because if we don't, then we lack credibility and I feel there's no point because you want competition to be a safe place to be, don't you? Yeah. And again, it's all right saying adults, you want that for adults. But adults are making their own decisions, so to speak. But I mean, adults, young, these are amateur, we're an amateur association, not professionals getting paid. So you want, you know, high level safety. But look, I'm a dad. I don't, I don't know. You know you're, I know you're the mother, Becky. I don't know if you are, Katie, but if you are, no, if you had. Well, but if you had well, your... Well, I'm even, I'm even a grandmother, never mind a mother. Well, there, <laughs> there you go. Um, but if you had your children competing in the show, what's the first thing you'd want to know? I feel like that about my teammates. I feel a maternal instinct to them. She's, I very, she's very motherly, is Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been to a couple of, of dodgy shows where I've been nervous about what's going on. and mm, So have I. Uh, it... You know, I feel uncomfortable being there and you feel like something could go wrong at any minute and you're not sure how mm. it will be handled if it does. And well, we did we did a show in together. Scotland <laughs> like yeah. that. We did an exact show together, me and Katie, in Scotland. Yeah, we've got to stop it. We Somehow, look, I don't think... The, 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 the debate over journeymen or whatever you call them, there is some decent respected journeymen. I've got nothing against all the lads. They're all good lads, right? But And I say lads, right? and I say that because there's no there's no female journeyman just turning up to get for the fight, yeah? So it's not that I'm just picking lads out. It's lads that are turning <laughs> off, right? So, um, yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, if you're talking about risk, 
everybody should come from a gym that is trained enough to get into a cage. Yeah. Now I know the journeymen um, are used and I understand it. There's journeyman experience, journeyman. There's journeyman that's turned up from nowhere. Yeah, with a with you know with a girlfriend in the corner and a handbag and a can of Stella. I've right? seen those. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now, how would we look at that? We can't get on the Sport England journey if that goes on, because yeah. we have got to minimum match boxing to get that. But the reality is, most even amateurs, you've seen how highly trained these people are, right? They live and breathe it in the gym. Going to compete at that level with them, with somebody perhaps doesn't ever walk in the gym, doesn't even do a, a, a you know five minutes of pad. It's kind of, you, you can't do it. Now, if that has to go underground somewhere and all the journeymen fight each other, fine, I'm cool. I'm not I'm not trying to pick people out for it. I'm just saying the reality is, yeah. if you want this sport to be credible, we need people walking in and all promoters need to match somebody that their coach says he's good to fight. Yeah. Most of the times coach, that I see them used is when their, their opponent that they were supposed to fight has pulled out at the last minute through injury or whatever and then... Is this person sold 200 tickets and they're desperate to keep them on the card yeah, but I know yeah. as well it's also you know they're, they're used if somebody's had a loss and they're trying to build their confidence again or you know sometimes weeks out journeymen are on the card as well I, I know it, it, you know it's a difficult one I think I get that right if you've got a big ticket selling He's lost the fight. Um, people haven't, you know, people can't afford to be making major losses. I get it completely, right? Yeah. So you've got to kind of think then, well, I mean, that's tight, tight, tough on the promotion, but it kind of happens that way, right? I can make some money on Shirobi Cage Wars. We could lose thousands on others, basically, from losing ticket sellers. I'm glad to say we never, we didn't use any through any of the Cage Warriors Academy and, and the back four or five shows of Shinobi is a bit like we, we didn't have to use them and we still had 18 to 22 fights every time so maybe you know I, I kind of get it and I feel sorry for the promoters that, that kind of go through that so I again I'm not trying to dictate and say what's right and wrong I'm just saying there's the reality is we can't go to Sport England if we don't deal with it somehow yeah because yeah. in amateur boxing you've sold a load of tickets which is no different yeah the amateur boxing, you see some of the kids in amateur boxing being massive cars. If their opponent pulls out, they can't fill it with somebody, you know, from almost from around the corner kind of stuff. They can't fill it with that. You know, you can't do it. But I do feel for promoters in that point of view. I also feel for the fighter who's prepped. Although I don't know what they get for it, really, because if they're not getting paid, and they probably shouldn't if they're not a professional, but like, what have they got to gain? They'll probably they might as well have an extra round of sparring in the gym. It'd be better for them because it'd be more yeah. than a fight. So there's, it's a tough one because I do feel for everybody involved. But you know, I know there's coaches out there will not allow their guys to fight. You know, um, an independent or whatever you want to call them. But the, at the other hand of that, I think if you're gonna do it, be completely upfront about it. Absolutely, one hundred percent transparent. Name, record, you know, what you're doing, because at least if somebody judges you, they'll only judge about your facts. You've done it because of something. Yeah. Instead of, you know, maybe somebody else's name and then the record that doesn't look too bad and, the, you know, this kind of stuff. I think that probably works against you worse than actually being up front to say, look, spoke to the coach, spoke to the fighter, spoke to this guy, I'm going to give him a fight. I, I don't know, yeah, because, again, um, with not trying to make any enemies in the sport, and I never have. I, I, I kind of think we've got to deal with it, though. It, it's it's a tough one. We've got to deal with it. We cannot be regulated and not put people from, you know, a gym that's associated in to fight. Because I was watching some of the comments and the posts, and I heard. I mean, it was a it was a good point. It's basically saying, look, the promoters putting somebody in to get beat up. That kind of has all kinds of repercussions if that person gets hurt as well. If you've done it knowingly without any experience, you know, but yeah, it is risk if they get hurt. But mm. there's also the point of, I mean, I've seen some things over the years, I mean, you know, it's just beggar's belief. 
um, of people getting in. And as I said, there's a few there that I respect because they're tough journeymen, right? They might not train too much, but they definitely do time in for the fight. Yeah. And, res and yeah. respect them. But they can be doing it two and three times a night. And I don't know how many times you can take TKOs and KOs and stuff before actually you're carrying a lot of liability and responsibility on your toes as a promoter, aren't you? Yeah. When that goes wrong just once with somebody, our sport's in a bad place. And also with these journeymen, they don't believe in recovery time, which is so important for a fighter. They they fight weekly, you know, and they, there's no recovery time for them for anything. There's no concussion strategy, that's for sure. No, exactly, yeah. Um, but, but look, it's a tough one. I think look, we understand it. That's a difficult one, and that's why you know I, I want to try and get some live chat going with promoters and kind of everybody involved in that to try and get some common ground about what you do. But I'm going to keep going back to it. I think we all want the right things for MMA, which is to be recognised by Sport England, to, to have the yeah. chance to get more media cover. It'll bring more money into the sport for the, for the start. Yeah, it'll bring yeah. more grants into the sport for the start, yeah? Not yeah. being regulated stops all that happening. It will benefit lots of amateurs, lots of the people coming through. It'll benefit the gyms that are working so hard just to keep alive through the pandemic, you know? But if we want to be regulated, it's, it's going to have to start. So we're going to have to have affiliated promotions, regulated promotions that work with the regulated gyms. And that's just, you know, that's just the, uh, the black and white. That's the facts. It's just that's the way it's going to be. Otherwise, we'll never get there. And it's kind of like the sports stand still. Yeah. Very true. So what, so what are the next steps, the most immediate steps, Paul? Um. So the next steps really, for, well, I'm going to talk from the performance board point of view. So we're meeting on the 28th, uh, which is about, so every single member's got some a small free article to release. So we're going to start then releasing some free infographics about the basics of nutrition, or there might be a little bit of psychology in Bethwick, but we're going to start uh, marketing to the gyms. So basically just giving snippets of information. It might be useful, it might not be useful, but we need to start interacting with the gyms that are affiliated and adding some value. It's not like yeah. we're taking any money from them. It wasn't a, a fee to join. Um, going forward, we've, we've all got to look at that. And then stage two well, that's is... That's important to getting people on board, I guess, especially when they've been shut down for such a long time. If yeah. there's a subscription immediately to join, it's going to be... No. prohibitive to, to some of them isn't it definitely katie and that's one thing we wanted to make sure that we're not doing it there's a lot of people keep thinking it's some kind of money making you know um process and like we're not in this to make any money we're, we're at volunteers you know um yeah. with a non-profit making organization you don't have anything apart from the last couple of sponsorships and we've spent some of that getting the cpd accreditation and the first, um, you have to purchase each CPD to develop your courses, right? And then so right. our plans are we're gonna we're gonna purchase two to start with, which will be on the basics of nutrition, and then the basics of sports nutrition. So it leads, you know, course one, course two. From talking to a lot of the guys, guys I respect, they all want a bit of that. They all know they could probably ought to understand it a bit more. But that helps their offering, doesn't it, to their kind of their own community and their students and and we want to involve parents in that as well because Emmy Campbell that works with youth sport nutrition that works in swimming and football and she does a great job of involving parents and teaching them about uh, sport uh, nutrition how to prepare for competition but actually how to teach their kids all year round about food and even into giving them selections for when you do take them to the as we class it the fast food places but the best things to eat are how many calories and so I think that adds value, Katie, to the to the gyms that are affiliated. We'll start to Definitely. add value to the offer that they give, not only to their students who are going to be competitors, but to the community that they're working with trying to make a difference in. Because most of them coaches do give free time up. They become a coach not just to their students and mixed martial arts, but like across all aspects of life, don't they? They can't coach them about what they're doing outside of you know the gym so i think we add value there and then it'll be a bit about sports nutrition and competition and recovery and stuff like that 
and then we want to branch into a bit. We don't want to call it strength and conditioning, if I'm honest, because it's amateur for now. Maybe strength and conditioning is a language you're using too much. It's more sport-specific exercise, best practice yeah. of that. Uh, we're going to do some stuff about breath work, and we're going to do uh, release a psychology piece about best practice for competition anxiety. So that, that's all the next steps, and all of that will start to roll out in June. In July, the CPD courses because we're hoping it's opened enough then that we can arrive at a gym and have a good day seminar and take people through CPD. And then even do some little guest seminars where likes of Dan's going to put striking classes on or Molly can make guest appearances and Mark can go and talk to them. So go and add some value. All about adding value, really. And you, yeah. You gain friends and community in the sports that maybe you see that we're all in it together. We're all just trying to improve things. So if, if somebody who's already established in MMA, like all of you, you're all so passionate about everything to do with MMA, every single one of you in the association. So if somebody that was already established wanted to offer their voluntary services, can they do that? Yeah, they MMA? just did DM through any of the pages. We're always looking for good people, to be fair. I mean, there's even board positions. We're looking for good people. It's It's got to be people that are willing to give a bit of time up and that can add value. Um, yeah. We, we've still got some way to go. We're settling down exactly what the board looks like. I'm pretty happy with the performance board, but, like, anybody and everybody wants to add value. Like, we just want it to be a community. There, there is no them and us here. We're, none of us on the board, however people think about it, is any better than some of the coaches out there doing brilliant jobs. It's not yeah. the way we want it to be portrayed. We yeah. want everybody to come together with ideas, you know, if they're the best with the sport, and, and lean on anybody with good ideas and get everybody involved. That's that's what mm. we want. Yeah. So, like, every, anybody wants to be involved. Anybody wants more information. Anybody wants to give us, like, good snippets of you know, great information or things they've achieved at the gym or things they've done in the community. Or even if they think we're talking a load of bollocks, just get in touch, right? Because <laughs> we want to interact with you, really. Because um, we won't get it right every time, right? None of us are going to get it right every time. There's yeah. so many things this sport covers. So um, I yeah. just want to make sure we're talking to people. And that's been hard through the pandemic, hasn't it? Yeah. People have got other yeah. things to think about, right? They, they, they don't yeah. want to be hearing us talking about it but gyms are thriving now and buzzing again aren't they and everybody's got that buzz back and shows us want to pick back up so what a good time yeah. to start talking you know constructively to each other with a with yeah. a passion again about the sport it's you know that's what we want to get going with well i will be doing a, a written interview with marie spencer to run alongside this interview as Fab. well just to get the word out there um, from her side and um, also any information that she has um, just to, to, for, for the people that maybe don't listen to or watch these things maybe they just like to watch, to read the written word you know so yeah. it's just you know and, and as much info as possible that's out there in any form is better you know so absolutely well we, we, we've we thought about that as well, Katie, because we're thinking about people listen to this, right? People that use social media, people that might jump on the website. And we've even now got a, it's like a text marketing. Uh, so actually the infographics we come through with a little educational, we, we can send direct to phones. So maybe that you don't have time to always on your socials, but actually you can read something on your phone quickly. So yeah. we're trying to open up as many avenues to communicate as possible, really. Yeah. Um, because, you know, not everybody uses social media. Some of the old school coaches may not use it. Yeah. You know, do people yeah. jump on websites as much? But the best thing for me, I think, adding real credibility is we've got to get out talking to gyms. We've got to get on the road. Well, that There's should be no easier, hopefully, in, in the coming months, <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, and, and we've got to have a presence. I think the, the couple of things I'd mention is there's the Arnold Classic is coming to Birmingham in October. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I think there's something like 18,000 tickets gone for that already. Wow. So uh, the Arnold Classic is famous, obviously, and Arnold himself is apparently is uh, attending... 
Nice. So, so far, apparently, so GSP is attending, so is Khabib. Um, such as the so it's enormous event. Uh, mm. We're going to be putting on some competition there as well. Great. Uh, hopefully, so there's going to be some IMF Emma kind of qualifying competition going on. But we're also probably going to do a big launch for people, knowing that we've got a lot of people there to be interested in sport. We're going to do a big launch about what M is really about, what we're trying to achieve, and people can come and talk to us and interact with us and across all the various fields of what we're doing, you know, governance to the performance, to the safety, to the performance, you know, all this kind of stuff. So um, so that that's a big, that's some big work for us over the summer months to prepare for that as well. And when, so any, when is that again, any, sorry? That uh, I haven't got the date. It's October. If you look it up, okay. Arnold Classic. It's in the NEC in Birmingham. If you look it up, uh, it's it's an enormous show. And as I said, I think there's seventeen thousand tickets already gone. So wow, it's it's kind of that sports nutrition, bodybuilding, you know, gym kind of show, isn't it? Mm. But, it's but, a it's um, a good show. It's a really good, good show. Brilliant show. But we're gonna have our own like part of a hall where we can kind of really showcase what Emma's about and have some competition and, you know, see some of the young athletes in action and that kind of stuff mm. as well. So, I mean, that's enormous. And it's an enormous platform for us as well. But I'd say, again, we just want interaction, really. Good, bad, yeah. different, whatever it is. Like, we've got to understand if people don't like it, why? Uh, but yeah. we've got to understand also what people want, you know, and take everybody's mm. ideas. So, um and if there's a lot of people in the Arnold Classic, we'll have a good chance to talk face yeah. to face, you know. So. And did you say there might be trials for IMAF there? Yeah. So well, look, we were we were planning to take the cadet squad out to the worlds, uh, which is originally Turkey, but that hit the red list, and then it went back to change to Bulgaria. But unfortunately, Bulgaria is on the amber list. So when you look at whether it's myself or Mark Spencer or even some of the parents, they can't afford to be going to a country that's amber, they're stuck in isolation, they're stuck in a hotel yeah. or whatever it is when you come back. So it's kind yeah. of been scrapped. It's kind of been scrapped to do some more. So do I mean it'll help build more work around all the things about selection as well and the and the kind of work we're doing in the background. But we will have some kind of selection competition going on where there'll be winners. Because the it happens a lot. I sometimes kind of struggle to believe that Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be walking around there, to be honest, because he's <laughs> a bit of a legend, isn't he? But, you know, I kind of believe that we can get the man himself to give a couple of the medals out or some of the high-level guys. I don't know. Like, that may be utopian, but that's kind of the plan. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. So, um, so there's lots going on, but going back to it, the journey's just starting, really, because gyms have only mm. just opened, competition's back on. Um but we'll always keep in touch with stuff anywhere. And I'll link you in, Katie, on the to your page of yeah, MMA UK and stuff like that. And uh, and look, you're involved in the sport a lot, and you are, Becky. You hear any news? Hear any comments? Like, yeah, feed them back because that's what we want to do. Just talk. yeah, of course, yeah, definitely. And Becky, and you can not... share. Oh, Sorry, <laughs> you, can you, share any, you can share anything on my page uh, to do with Emma. Um, I'm totally in. So um, I totally believe in it, obviously, because I have the same passion as you guys. So anything you want to share on my page, you're more than welcome to. Thanks, Beth. Legend. A pleasure. I was, I was just going to say, Becky, it's not directly related, but you wanted to talk about Mark Goddard's courses for yeah. um, refereeing and judging. And again, it just ties back to standards yeah. in the sport and, and yeah. making sure that the people involved are knowledgeable and, and up to scratch. Um, but Definitely. I think those are being done online this time, are they? They are, yeah. I mean, but I'm doing the judging one myself because, look, you know, the one thing that's if you goes to as many shows as I do. The one thing, everybody's always arguing with a decision, right? But half the time is because, you know what? Either they don't understand that the rule set's changed yeah, yeah. around scoring, and everybody can benefit from a bit about judging, to be fair, the referee. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I mean, both, yeah, but I, I'm dying to go on. I, I wanted to go on Mark's course last year or the year before, but uh, it never happened. But I'd love to 
people that need to know this information, people who work on the outside, you know, not directly in judging or refereeing, they need to know this information. I think it's great for coaches, competitors, parents. Mm. It kind of of might take a lot of the uh, vociferous views of people when they don't agree with something away, but ultimately get a little insight into what's going on and what they're looking at. Don't get me wrong. I don't care what... um, Training's gone on. I don't understand what some of the judges do at times. I don't care what the rules say. But, but you know, but you know, it's coming from Mark. He probably for me, it is what he's the world's best official, right? So, yeah, uh, the course has got. I'm planning to do mine next week. Back to her. It's online, so it's pretty easy to do now as well. You know, so yeah. Did you have to do it on a set day, or is it pre-recorded? No, once you pur- once you purchase it, you can just go through it like a. Oh, like that's a good. Yeah. Course, oh, yeah. Amazing. Oh, I'll definitely so do I, it then. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I'd highly recommend that to anybody. And again, as you say, Casey, we're just it's education again, isn't it? I think. Yeah. The more we all talk about the sport, whether that's the official side of things and whether that's the performance side and the health side and the safety side and what's best for our kids and how parents interact and what the shows are, we all keep doing that. And there's only one way we're going and that's up. We'll just improve. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm 100% on board with anything that's just bringing the standards up, the, the health yeah. and safety of the fighters, especially the youngsters. Um, and you know, weight cuts. There, there are always talks about in the sport. They're, they are terrifying, and the yeah. sport of amateurs doing it when when they don't need to, when they're not getting paid, when it's not you know, it's not UFC titles on the line for them yet. Hopefully, they'll be there one day, but they won't be if they keep on dodgy weight cutting when they're just starting yeah. out. So, well, well they mess their body, they mess their bodies up before they yeah. even start. Yeah. It's it's scary because it's so dangerous, and I think that that's probably one of my ultimate passions because I've been doing it for quite a while, obviously. And as I said, generally I work with the people that have done bad cuts, but not just to do it for them, but to educate them about the basics around it. Because there's a lot of science around weight cut and a lot of research, um, but there's some basic principles that you can apply quite safely. And you've only got to look at the guys, kind of guys and girls we work with now. The, Walk on the scale, spot on every time. And, um, yeah. Um, Carl, my part of the Vortex, about to release a paper which is stunning, really, to show um, how healthy we can maintain during the weight cutting process. Well, actually, I think we'll open a lot of eyes about how it can be done. But if I could stop one kid, um, and I'm going to tell, maybe finish with a story. I watched a 16-year-old walk into my uh, to the Crown Plaza and speak for the Cage Warriors Academy to compete. Um, he was, I think, he's a week away from 17 on his own. He looked really super ill. Um, I took him to one side to ask where his coach was. I'm not going to mention coach or gym or anything else. Um, and he just said he's come on his own. Right? He got the bus, so he couldn't drive. He's got the bus. So he still missed weight. Um, when I asked him what he'd done, he basically he'd hadn't eaten or drunk virtually anything for two weeks. <gasps> oh my god! And not once was he checked in on by his coaches or teammates. Um, so he was somebody I spent some time with, and I still talk to now. He was now doing okay. Um, is out there competing, doesn't have trouble weight cutting, doesn't eat even through his cutting phase about 1700 calories a day. Understands how he can simply water load and then rehydrate and put all of the glycogen stores back in place and everything else, right? But, um, that's just one example I can tell you a hundred stories of just frightening well, stuff. I, going I, on, I can, know. I can vouch firsthand how uh, hands on Paul is because I've seen it many a time at his shows. Um, he really cared about the fighters. You know, he really got hands on. I've 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 seen how Paul works, and I think he's the be- best person for this job because he's just so passionate about all the fighters. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm, it's hard enough what they do, right? Without yeah, it's going in yeah. the gym. I have massive respect for them as well. So I'm passionate about mm. because I respect what they do. There is nothing tougher than mixed martial arts. Mm. Yeah, so all of the all the different facets of 
training, yeah, all the different skill sets, how hard they train, how hard they have to work, how hard they do S and C, they have to get the nutrition. They, like the youngest amateurs are, are better than most pros athletically, but you know. Yeah. But also, I'm an old man and I kind of cared about people a bit, especially the youngsters, you know what I mean? So, and I guess I've been coaching people all my life in my corporate job, you know, so whether that's yeah. apprentices to the grown people, you, you, coaching is something you can't get out of here. You want to do your best for people, you know, but um, mm. weight cutting scares me to death. Yeah. And yeah. it should scare all of us to death. It probably scares it a lot of the fighters. It's the hardest part of the camp and it shouldn't be. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, it's it's really great to hear everything that you've got going on. I'm I'm excited to hear what what's next for you guys. And if I can help in any way, please let me know. I'd I'd be more than happy to to get involved at any level and doing anything. That'd be great, Katie. Yeah. Well, I'll be surprised if I reach out. No, feel free. Oh, feel free. Yeah. Well, that's what we're here for. So. Yeah, but listen, I appreciate the time's coming talk. I'm not always uh, incredibly comfortable with coming on doing this kind of stuff, but I appreciate being able to talk about it. Yeah. You've been very eloquent. <laughs> yeah, very. You seem like you're in front of camera all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not me. But, did you have any more questions for Paul? No, I think Paul's covered everything that both of us were going to ask in our list <laughs> yeah. of questions, or more your list of questions, but... Um, I think you've covered all angles. So um, as long as everyone knows where they can get in touch, which you've covered, um, what everyone's role is and what the actual role of Emma is, then I think we know where we stand so far. Yeah, yeah great. Excellent. Yeah, well, you can message me, you can message the Emma pages, they can message the website. You know, yeah. If you get anybody asking any questions, Katie, Becky, stick them on to us. You know, we definitely we just, will. We just, we just want to talk to people. Simple as that, really. Yeah. And we hope you'll come back on in a while and and yes. update us update. on where you're at. And yeah, just 100%. keep going. Yeah, definitely. Now you know. Now you know me and Katie. You can talk to us anytime. Well, I, I, well, I know you well, back anyway, and I feel like I know yeah. Katie well anyway, just from watching all the interviews <laughs> she does. So. <laughs> Well, she's the expert at this. I'm the one that oh, I just hardly. tag along. I just tag along. Well, it's lovely to meet you. I was going to say in person, almost in person, <laughs> sort of, virtually. Yeah, yeah. Take care and keep it's doing lovely great work. you, Paul. And Thanks, you, Beth. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye.